Hello everyone and welcome to TechZone, powered by Exedia, a professional IT services company providing technology consulting and software development for businesses around the world. TechZone aims to shed light on how technology products are developed through the experience of software engineers, product people, UI UX designers and other experts. Each episode covers a specific software development topic ranging from engineering, product, process, quality assurance or a management viewpoint. Welcome to the Tech Zone. My name is Konstantin Vasilev. Um, I'm an engineering manager at Exidia and today I will host this episode. My guests today are Zlatko, Hrisi and Georgi, who all are part of the product engineering team at Exidia. And today we'll discuss the topic product trio. And more specifically, we'll discuss how does it enhance the product development and empower the team. So let's get started. And first of all, I want to say welcome to my colleagues. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Konstantin, for having us here today. My name is Latko. I'm a senior business analyst at Exidia, currently taking the role of a product owner in our configuration. And I will give the product point of view in this round of discussion. Georgi, you can go next. Thank you, Konstantin. Uh, so my name is Georgi and I'm a senior software consultant at Exidia. And in our current project, I'm acting as the technical lead. So I will give my viewpoint on this part of the product sure. trio. And to you, Chrissy. Well, um, my name is Chrissy. I am the user interface and user experience specialist in this project that we work together with Zlatko and Georgi. I am the main designer and what I do is make sure everything is presentable beforehand. I uh, try to take control over that. And of course, if there are any needs for designs or interviews or user research, I'm always on deck for the project. Let's start the discussion with a definition. What is the product trio? Okay, so the product trio is a fairly new concept which came up in the book Inspired by Marty Kagan. He started talking about how product development used to be done in previous times, how we had the silo effect, meaning that usually a product person would have a vision for a product. Afterwards, he would hand over the, his ideas to a UI UX person who would create some designs and give them to a software engineer. And the problem here was that teams had a lot of miscommunication, also a reduced feedback loop, and the end result wasn't that good. Uh, Marty Kagan pioneered the idea that the three product roles should work together in order to maximize the product value and mainly to reduce the miscommunication that can come up and remove the so-called broken phone effect. Mm -hmm. And also finally, his benefit that he struck the most is alignment on the user needs. So the three product pillars have an alignment on the user needs and look into the same direction when developing and discussing the product. So this is the definition that Marty Kagan gives and I extended it a bit. And then I'm interested, why did you choose to use the product trio in, in your team? Georgi, this question. Mm -hmm. Will be addressed to you. All right, that's quite the interesting question, actually, because like probably most of the teams, we had several reasons to do so. First and foremost, we wanted to kind of share all the responsibility between each other, because otherwise we would work in like a sequential manner, 
where uh, one person uh, gives something to the next and mm. so on and so on. And something would always be lost along the way. Mm. And then when it ended up with the developers, there would be tons of information missing. The second reason would be that generally, uh, this top-down usual solution is not very feasible if you are dealing with complex features because mm. oftentimes the product manager and the UI UX designer, they don't really know how this actual design and those business requirements might affect the actual technical functionality. Bringing us all together seemed like the perfect solution where we always sit down, all three of us, and discuss everything between each other so that we're constantly aligned and we don't have to go back and forth with things and discussions because someone else decided something that was not feasible enough. And last but not least, it offered a way to communicate things better with the whole team because when it was just the three, the three of us completely separately and independently, uh, oftentimes developers would ask us things and each one of us would give them totally separate answers. Uh, so this way we were always completely in sync, sharing all the responsibility like as a... Uh, as a common structure, whoever the team turned to, we could always give a consistent answer. And one more question in this uh, in this area: How do you actually implement the product trio in in your team? Do you mean in terms of communication or in terms of actual implementation? Yeah, actual implementation. Okay. Uh, well, it involves a little bit of both, as uh, Georgi mentioned. We communicate and we become in sync, and that starts with the process of, let's say, we have a new task. This task first, we discuss it. What's the most feasible part technically? How can we do it with a minimal amount of time effectively without uh, burdening our scope or our team members? And first, we discuss always multiple variants of one thing for the task. So how to design the task in multiple formats and which one is the most effective, we discuss later. Mm. Once we decide which one visually and, of course, experience-wise is the most feasible and the one that actually fits, well, let's not, let's say not fits, but covers all mm. the check marks. Then we discuss implementation time and Georgi pretty much says, okay, we can do it in this and this. Let's see who we can give it to. And of course, after that, we communicate it to our team mm. and we don't leave them out of the loop, of yes. course. We, we discuss with them, well, this is a decision that we made. Uh, we plan to make it like this and this. What do you guys think? I would say that's how we... Proceed. Maybe any like maybe Zvatko or Georgi can add something as well uh, that I've missed. Here I'm rather interested. Then what about your team setup? Is the team is uh, cross-functional or is it skill-based? So how it is structured? Before I continue with this question, I just wanted to add what Chrissy mentioned in a very good way that the implementation of the product review is is an interesting task for every team because there is not much information in the internet about how you should do things. So there are concepts, but there are no certain frameworks. And we are trying to find what is best for us. So it's an iterative process. As to our team setup, uh, our development team is truly cross-functional. So we have a couple of full-stack developers, mobile developers, QA consultants. So we have also the challenge of how we are communicating the decisions we take and to share them with this team. I'll later share this information. <laughs> okay, so let's deep dive into, into the topic. How can effective communication and collaboration among design, development, and product teams enhance the final product? So 
let's start first with the engineering part. So the effective communication and collaboration due to the product trio concept actually first and foremost enhances the team itself. So this has a direct impact on the final product in such a way that implementing the product trio, a team can deliver quality content faster mm. to the end user and can also think of a much wider spectrum of edge cases that they could previously not. Also, in customer research, usually it all comes segmented and it's all handled in a very, very segmented uh, way, oftentimes losing the focus along the way and what has really been important to that particular user uh, in this user's case. And uh, facilitating the product trio, a team can be a lot more team uh, user-centric. So mm. users basically can get better features, better quality, and actually what they need and not per se what the team thinks they need mm, yeah. on an individual basis. I would agree, yeah. <laughs> okay. Then, Chrissy, your point of view on this on this question? Well, I do think that, now I'm going to seal away your thunder, uh, we do deliver better quality mm. like that. Again, to revert back to uh, your initial question, mm. three heads are better than one. Our expertise helps in, as Watko mentioned, creating an iterative process, mm -hmm. but also uh, we concentrate on eliminating edge cases, as Georgi said. And what we do is with our expertise and different expertise and different points of views, mm -hmm. we diminish things along the lines of, like we have better problem solving, we have quicker iterations, uh, we contribute to more ideas and more variations, and all of these things combined lead to a more quality product. Okay. And then Zlatko? I guess that the best is left for the last. <laughs> effective, humble, communi humble. effective communication and collaboration is in the core of the product trio. And I think that what uh, Georgi and Chrissy captured gives an overview on why this is such a powerful concept. Mm. Reducing the miscommunication and also the alignment of the user needs essentially leads to one thing. This is user-driven development for the product. And I want to send out a message to all product teams that they are building a product for their, their users, not their stakeholders, team, assumptions, or so on. So mm -hmm. they need to go to their users, get what their needs are, align them with the product trio, and start developing products which fulfill these needs. So this is my, this is my message. Okay. You mentioned, you mentioned that uh, this kind of communication, collaboration between you enhances the, the team uh, as well as um, delivering more value to the, the users. But uh, what are the benefits for the product itself? Teams receive coherent information and no matter which pillar of the product they ask, whether they ask uh, our UI UX guru, our tech lead, for me, they will receive the same answer. And also, being more aligned on the user needs, uh, we can deep dive into how we can fulfill these needs with the resources we have. So essentially, we are bringing the value to the users by better understanding their needs and iterating on them. And finally, I would add that we are making less mistakes due to not understanding user needs or miscommunication inside the team, inside our larger group of team members. Having said this, how 
do you ensure that the product can be built with the available resources and expertise available in the team? Not only do we count on each other to come up with uh, decisions, as we already said, in a very synchronized manner, but we also don't uh, scratch off the whole team uh, yeah. either. So we always keep them in the loop, maybe not at the very start, because usually when you involve the whole team in the whole process planning, things start to get really, really sluggish because everyone has an opinion and you eventually yeah. don't go anywhere due to tons of discussions. But we definitely try to keep them in the loop. Everything goes through them eventually during our refinement process. And they give their very, very valuable feedback as well, estimating everything to the dot as much as possible. We try to make our best of our planning, our velocity tracking and so on to ensure that we, uh, we have enough things to do. We have set priorities that, that really benefit the Uh, the end user and also uh, the application itself and that we don't really go overboard with things that we do not have the available resources mm. to complete. Yeah, so we're very mindful, actually. I would also like to add, from my point of view, it's not always how do we build something, but also what we are building and we have to keep this iterative thought. I would like to give an example. So the three of us, are not only talking about the product real, but we are also living it. Mm -hmm. Currently, we are developing a mobile application which aims to help service engineers in their day-to-day -day activities. And this mobile application currently has a new release coming up, which is a very major one, having breaking changes. Speaking of technical point of view, speaking from a product point of view, it has the possibility to add a lot of value to the users. Something that I think that we're missing in this talk is the time to market. So we're talking about effective communication and collaboration, but we miss the time to market. And I'm going to expand on this with this example, is that currently this version brings a lot of value, but it's not released to the end users. So currently they cannot benefit from this increased value. So we need to strike a balance between how much value we're going to bring and when we're going to bring it. And when do we stop adding and adding and adding and start releasing this? Currently, we're discussing this. And something also, to, a message to the other product teams is that maximizing the product value is essential. Building user-centric applications is essential, but also think about the time to market because this value needs to end up in the user's hands, essentially. Can I add to that? Because you did mentioned that it's not like the project that we're doing is not a product that goes out to the users yet but we do try to uh, actually contact users in the midst of all yeah. of this i do agree with the marketing aspect but i do want to also state and concentrate that even when we don't have access to the users directly from our product that we have now we do try to do research beforehand we do have personas now speaking as a ui ux right yeah because you stepped a little bit there on the on, on the toe we make sure that their wants and needs are incorporated even when they don't use the product, which is an important part, I think, mm -hmm. in this whole uh, aspect. And the fact that we, of course, communicate, us three, and with the team, we do also try to keep control on the scope of the value. And because you mentioned it's a bit difficult to kind of mm. um, determine where do you stop with the value of the product, I do think we have that under control. 
because we do still discuss what's the most valuable thing. We still do discuss what's the most feasible thing for the value that we can offer. And even when we have to uh, limit things and scope things, we still have us three to say, okay, this is what we have. This is what we can do. But this is the most perfect value we can deliver it in. At least I can speak from the experience that I've had with you. Georgi does make sure to keep everything pixel perfect. And in return, I also try to make everything pixel perfect, if possible, padding related as well. We've had discussions a lot about that. So yes, yay for marketing, but also don't diminish what we do here. I mean, we do try a lot and we really do manage yeah, to deliver. And that's why I mentioned it's it's all about striking that balance and yes. that's the hardest thing. And especially, especially I would say that the technology part and the input from Georgi, that's the thing that... It does help having a senior developer. Yes, it does. <laughs> and having him especially, so... Yes, that's true. Okay, so if if I can summarize uh, what, what you are saying right now, so you're trying to maximize the product value that you deliver to the customer yeah. against the time to market or the time to, to develop and release the feature... Uh, and bring it to to the users. Yeah, yeah, pretty much that. But uh, Zotko's right. We shouldn't understate the power of marketing. <laughs> Coming from a background where, yeah. like in gaming, a lot of games don't survive because they're not marketed properly. Okay, then uh, the next question comes to my mind. What are the biggest challenges in, in front of you and how do you overcome them? There are actually quite a lot of challenges and Zotko and Chris already touched on probably the biggest one of them. Mm the balance between time to market and how feature-rich your application actually is. Still, this is uh, probably the biggest uh, the biggest one I can think of, but there are some others as well. It might appear that we are isolating ourselves, like the three of us, but that's definitely not the case. Yeah. And sometimes uh, some members of the team uh, start feeling a bit left out because they used to be part of the process from the get-go, uh, but now we include them at a little bit of a later stage. And uh, we really have to work with that to to show them that it's actually not, not a true feeling they have, that they're not really left out. It's just a different process, but their opinion is as important as ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, the other one is you kind of have to do it right. The three of us, we bring different kind of expertise. Mm-hmm. We overlap sometimes, but... In the essence, it's really, really different. So if we try to imagine, uh, as Latko mentioned, the three pillars, engineering, design, and product management, uh, there are several steps along the way of our process that each of us has a bigger weight than the other ones. So for example, at the very start, uh, it's really more about the product manager to bring in line all the business requirements that have come up, come up with uh, user stories and so on. Then in the second iteration, when we try to actually validate the desirability of this particular business criteria, it's more the job of the design person. And last but not least, it's the job of the uh, technical lead, in our case, that's me, to actually determine how feasible it is. And as you can see here, if we imagine these three pillars, we always work together, uh, but sometimes with more weight to one than the others, and that's perfectly fine. It's just that finding the balance in this is a little hard and it needs a little getting used to. And also the interesting part here is that 
we bring our own expertise, but in the end, using facilitating the product too, we kind of share all the responsibility. So mm-hmm. yeah. if the design fails in some way or another, it's all of us that are responsible, not just the designer. If I could add to what you already said, like to your statement, I do think a challenge is, uh, at least for me, I suppose you mm. might agree or not, um, meeting client time requirements compared to the scope and the abilities of our team or, um, let's say, uh, the sprints that we have. I think that for me is a big challenge because, you know, sometimes clients want a very fast production and results and, you know, we try to deliver a non-buggy product, of course, and we don't want to rush it. We don't want to waste too much unnecessary effort, let's say. That for me in trying to explain it to a client can be challenging. Mm-hmm. That sometimes our time is very limited. If we talk in the UI and UX perspective, so there is a lot of background work, which is yeah. not so visible for, for the client, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, user research uh, interviews and uh, and so on. Yeah, I think the one thing they appreciate, or at least with our clients, they do see that it's difficult to find, let's say, users, representative user groups, but then delivering results because user experience takes a lot of time to yeah. crunch the data, yeah. to analyze everything, to go through transcripts. That takes usually more time yeah. than user interface and splashing on a screen. Yeah. And I do try to keep it as quick as possible, of course. But for for me, sometimes it's a challenge managing those two, mm. user experience and telling the client that they have to wait a little bit longer until they see the results of the mm. data analysis. And then how do you how do you overcome this uh, this this challenge? So how do you increase the visibility of your work and teamwork around user research, uh, showing these uh, activities in in front of the customer? I guess it's something I'm still managing right now, Uh, of course. Usually what used to work before is giving them updates, right? How far I am with the work. Mm -hmm. But I guess in the scope of this project, that's not going to work. So my uh, next attempt to improve this or overcome this challenge is to give them snippets. So let's say snippets of a summary or uh, snippets of a transcript, which, you know, I've already done. But again, I want to have all the users in one go and then do data analysis. Maybe the next step would be individual data analysis for each user. Maybe that would help them see a little bit better, um, you know, beforehand what to expect, what to know. Thank you, Christian. Then then we come to to the biggest challenges of the product person within the team. The highest order of challenge. Yeah, well, I would say uh, in a very respectful manner that my biggest challenge is handling these two here. Uh, (laughs) So to frame it in a more professional way to integrate their inputs into the decision-making because the biggest benefit of the product crew is having more information on the table, essentially. But also this increases the decision-making time. And I'm not a fan of definitely hearing out Georgi and Chrissy, or in our case, the tech lead and the UI UX lead, uh, their opinion, and afterwards going on my own. So I'm not this kind of a person. I don't believe uh, in this dictator approach. It's a healthy approach, I can say. No, 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 definitely no. So the price we are paying for the product through is this complex decision-making, but I think that this is the biggest challenge, but here comes the greatest ideas during our discussions and just clashing between views. 
we are giving birth to new, rather not only new, but also improved ideas. So essentially it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> at the same time. Thanks for providing your your viewpoints. And right now we are, we are moving closer to, to the end of our conversation today. One last question that I would like to address to you is what are your key takeaways regarding the product trio concept? And probably one more. So uh, what are your advices for professionals in your roles? Okay, so my key takeaways regarding the product trio concept is that uh, I feel more confident when uh, the decisions aren't only based on me. Mm. I think design thinking works better when I have, you know, experts by my side like Zlatko and Georgi. My advice for professionals definitely is don't have a dictator approach on your team or processes such as mm. these. And make sure you create an environment, which we have done, an environment that you can share ideas. You're not afraid to get into uh, discussions or heavy discussions. And uh, one, don't be afraid to share your opinion mm -hmm. and your expertise, but also make sure that you're in an environment where you wouldn't be stopped for doing that. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most fundamentals and the bigger fundamentals in design thinking. Any idea is a good idea. Any feedback is a good feedback. Try to keep to that communicational mm -hmm. approach. Okay. And listen to others. Or... Yeah, yeah, listen to <laughs> others, of course. <laughs> okay. For me, uh, the biggest takeaway is balance. We touched upon that quite a lot in our discussion today. Uh, but ultimately, finding the balance, even as Chrissy said, don't go the dictatorship uh, way of doing things. Try to include the team as much as possible, but aim for a balance. Mm -hmm. Do not overdo it because then the whole product real concept just wouldn't work because we're back to square one. Exactly. And empowering the whole team as a whole and uh, wasting a lot of precious time. So finding a balance to be able to be decisive, but to always give other people the word and to come up with decisions together is really, really important. Mm. And it's actually harder to achieve than it sounds. Also, never forget about the other members of the team. Mm -hmm. Never forget to strike a balance with all that we talked about, about time to market, client needs, user needs, and our own wishes. Uh, the balance here is really, really difficult. It's actually really good to have a hint of perfectionism here and there, attention to detail, but it's very important to not overdo it. And if it's wise, it's always better to deliver a slightly inferior product a lot faster to the end user, thus being able to collect valuable user feedback and insights earlier on in the process and pivot if necessary than to stall and lose your user base or over-engineer a product that once you deliver, turns out that it could have been different and all the time is wasted. Balance is the main thing. I yeah, you mean, yeah you mean balance, you mean balance between the product decisions, uh, between uh, engineering uh, or technical feasibility aspects, coming to the, to the product management side. The last. Key, key takeaways. Yeah. My three key takeaways are that the product trio is something very powerful and hearing out what we discussed today is, is just pure gold. But it's not a silver bullet. So keep this in mind that it should be utilized in the proper environment and in the proper team. So if you don't have a tech lead and UI UX lead, 
which want to collaborate together. If they are individualists who are just trying to do their job and looking only in their direction, the product trio won't solve this issue. This is point one. Point two, the new team should be nurtured from all sides, meaning that customers, the other parts of the team, and also the members of the product trio must accept that this is a new endeavor. They must support each other in order to to succeed. And lastly, what Georgi mentioned, don't forget the people outside of the product trio. Their opinion matters, Mm -hmm. even though they might not make or break a decision, but at least hear them out. Hear them out because the next tech lead might come from them and you need to nurture them. These are my three takeaways and also during the discussion, I hinted a couple of things, so hear them out. Okay, um, thank you very much, Georgi, Christian, Zlatko, for this discussion today. I truly believe that we managed to unveil the mystery of how Product Trio works in your team and what are the benefits for uh, other product development teams. Thanks again and um, goodbye from us. This is the end of the episode. If you enjoyed it, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other audio platform. Subscribe to our YouTube channel via the link in the description of the episode so you can explore more and stay tuned for all the video content we produce. Thanks again and goodbye from us.